Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 843. Just be honest, be fair, give an honest day's work. Good things happen to good people. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, David Frears. Hey, David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Here we go. David Frears has been a professional photographer for over 24 years. You've seen his work in a number of publications, including Motor Trend, Motor Trend Classic, Truck Trend, Hot Rod Magazine, and he's shot over 30 magazine covers. He coordinates all the photography for the North American International Auto Show in Detroit, and one of his many clients is the Ford Motor Company, where he's shot for over 16 years. David travels across the United States and internationally to capture his images of automobiles, and You'll find him in his studio or on location, laying on the ground in the dirt to capture a shot, or in the back of a chase car on a track or a back road, and even hanging out of a helicopter once in a while. David's work will be featured in the soon-to-be-released book, Goldenrod, The Resurrection of America Speed King by John Bechtel. So David, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Okay, Mark. Um, I'm an extremely fortunate person. Uh, my career has been the result of great timing and hard work, but uh, you know, a lot of luck along the way. As it started in college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but uh, photography and cars were were the two big passions. So, you know, I tried to be a veterinarian, but I couldn't do the chemistry. So, <laughs> <laughs> at Michigan State, I worked on the yearbook and. Uh, really found that I love photography. So I went on to University of Michigan, got a Bachelor of Fine Arts. And uh, the result of that was I still didn't know what I wanted to do. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, like a lot of graduates. <laughs> with my Fine Arts degree, you know, I uh, shopped around a little bit. And uh, I had an uncle who got me a, an interview at a big car studio in Detroit. And uh, that's kind of where it started. You know, I saw those studios with the cove, you know, the seamless cove oh, walls. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that was it. I started... Uh, Loving that. And I uh, met a photographer named Ron Strong. He was an established, very good photographer. And we went out on the road for three months straight shooting Pontiac catalogs. Wow. And at that point, I, I pretty much decided this is this is pretty cool. So Yeah, very cool. That was a path for you. Well, you know, it's, it's nice that you figured it out early in life because a lot of people graduate from school and they really still don't have a clue what they want to do. But the key here and why I love having you on the show is you wrapped your passion for cars into your career, your skills for photography, and the rest is history, as they say. And we're going to learn a lot more about you as we go on this automotive journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. It's a nice way to get the shutters clicking or the inspirational <laughs> tires turning here on cars yeah so david take the wheel don't cut corners and don't give up ah <laughs> i love it well how have you incorporated that into your life as a professional photographer photography is a very patience driven uh, uh activity so you know you have to be extremely patient and uh you know if you're in the studio there's no sunset there's no time frame you know sometimes we work all night to get it just right and that's that's what I do. You know, I work uh, until it's my absolute best. And this carries over into life. I drive my wife and my family absolutely nuts because <laughs> everything I do has to be perfect. But, you know, my career truly dic dictates my lifestyle. So, Oh, absolutely. I've spent many, many hours in a photography studio. <laughs> 
I was a creative director, art director for many, many years and oversaw a lot of photography and worked with a lot of great photographers. A uh, gentleman up here in the Seattle area, David Bell, I shot with for 20 years. And the guy just, he was like you and like me. I mean, we would just work and work to get that shot absolutely perfect. And people would come in and go, well, what what's the big deal? But <laughs> yeah. when you see the final shot, you realize, right. oh, okay, uh, I see what's going on. Well, that's awesome. I love that quote, and I see how it's worked very well in your photography because the, the work you do when I look through your website is uh, top-notch. I mean, you definitely know what you're up to. So I think that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, let's go back in time a little bit now before we move forward and talk about what instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize you were a car guy? I think it was always there. It was always there because my father was an engineer at Ford. In fact, he was chief engineer at Ford for a while. Wow. And uh, he was always bringing home something unique and different, something modified or painted a special way. And I just, you know, every night he would come home and there was always a surprise waiting for me. And I tend to look more at the shape or the style or what was going on as opposed to what was under the hood. So, mm-hmm. you know, he got a he got a photographer instead of an engineer, but it still worked out automotive. Well, it sounds like he spurred your curiosity. And being a, a head engineer at Ford Motor Company, oh my gosh, I mean, I can't only imagine what the dinner table conversations must have been like at your house. I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the neighborhood, the, all the neighbor kids were always watching when we pulled up in the driveway. There was something cool coming home every night. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. Well, I love that. It's fantastic. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. You know, Being a photographer is not easy. Working for yourself is extra difficult, and there's a lot of people, a lot of competition out there. So take us to a point in time where you kind of met a big challenge. Walk us through that painful time, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum and what you learned from it. What came to mind for me was the the 2008 economic downturn when everything just kind of went right down the tubes, and the car companies... You know, they instantly stopped spending a lot of money on photography and uh, vehicle photography, and that's what I was doing. So I kind of had to reinvent myself for a while while everything got back in line. I did corporate headshots, small products. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I spent the summer and fall of 2009 shooting for Kmart, you know, dog food, diapers. Right. Anything anything yeah. you could could come up with, yeah. Just, just, to, just to get through it. And I learned that, you know... Uh, just because you have a great job now or a great client today, you know, tomorrow it, it can easily be gone and you have to do what you have to do to survive. You know, you're right. I've heard that from so many guests. I was in the automotive industry during that time too, and it was a scary, scary time. And it, it put a lot of people under. And yeah, I, a lot of people just had to pivot, readjust and find something new and different to do. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did, which is great. You know, I guess the takeaway I get from this is, and you said it well, just because things are going well today doesn't mean they will be tomorrow. So you always have to be looking as a business owner way out on the horizon. What if, what could be, where's that next job coming from while you're trying to do the work today, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of happened to me too, you know, with uh, several times with Motor Trend, you get a new art director, a new creative director comes in and they bring their people with them. And sometimes you keep working, sometimes you don't. So is what it is. Exactly. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's kind of a time when the headlights come on and illuminate a new path for you, something maybe you were planning on or something you didn't even know was coming. So tell us about your career aha moment. 
I guess, you know, I'm kind of repeating myself, but my aha moment was definitely when uh, I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I had that Bachelor of Arts degree and uh, no one was lining up to interview me. So uh, when I saw that, you know, my uncle got me a great interview at that car studio and I just stood there and I said, wow, this is this is it, you know. This is what I can put everything together that I want to do in life. And I, to that previous to that time, I didn't know how I was going to do photography and, and have a car influence on it. And uh, it just all came together at that moment. I said, I got I to gotta really buckle down and make this work. So for a word of advice for maybe a young listener out there that thinks that's their career path, is there one or two tips or aha tips you might give somebody who thinks that is what I want to do? They maybe went to a studio or talked to a photographer and said, ah, this is the career I want to choose. What are a couple of tips you might offer a young person or an older person who's changing careers? Because a lot of people do that pivot later in life. Something comes up or they realize what I've been doing for 30 years, I don't like. I want to go do this. What are, right. your, what are your tips or at least one or two? Mark, for me, it's, uh, you know, you learn a lot in college and uh, you learn a lot of good book stuff, but uh, working in the field with somebody being an apprentice was the, clearly the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I learned so much more than photography. You learn how to deal with clients, how to deal with budgets and, you know, how to deal with just every little thing that comes up. So, you know, being an apprentice or uh, working with someone hands-on is the absolute best thing you can do. Oh, absolutely. All the years I worked with photographers, they always had somebody with them, an assistant, an apprentice, somebody young. And I would stand there and go, wow, <laughs> this education you're getting right now beats everything. Yeah. Because, and you mentioned something here too, dealing with the clients. I've been on lots of photo shoots in my <laughs> younger days with clients that were really easy to work with and some that were extremely challenging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. almost went out of their way to make it a painful day for you. And knowing how to work with that client and extract what their needs are from them, I think is key. Right. And, and just, uh, you know, to have them trust you to say, look, we don't need to be making changes. This is the way we set out to do this project. Let's right. not change it the last second here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I've lived through that too. You're bringing back some <laughs> scary memories here. So I'm going to move yeah. forward. Okay. Well, how about, how about a proudest business or career moment? I would assume you've had many, you've been doing this for so long, but is there one that stands out for you? Um, that was pretty easy one. That what jumped right to mind was uh, the first time I, I saw my photograph on the cover of a magazine. And uh, I mean, I just stopped dead in my tracks, and I'm like, wow. And then I started thinking that you know, this is not just here. This is in every grocery store, every airport, you know, everywhere, pretty much in the world. I can go and see my picture. Right. That absolutely blew me away. I remember when I was young, working in advertising, and the first time I designed a brochure. And I was there at the printers to watch it come off, and it was bound, and I held it in my hand. And you think, wow, this is something that all these people are going to look at, and, <laughs> and most of them are going to toss in the trash. <laughs> it was sadly true. But the fact that you produce something, and now it's actually done. It's not unlike designing a car, which is much more complex, of course, but being able to stand back and going, wow, I did that. Yeah. So. What's even cooler nowadays is everything's so much faster that, you know, there's been many times I'll shoot a, something for Ford, like a press event, send them the picture right from location – by the time I get home, it's already around the world. Like right. 
as a press release, it's, it's, I mean, I'm just amazed it, it happens that quickly. I know the social media mechanisms. I just came back from car week last week down in Monterey, Pebble Beach, and I was doing a lot of social media posting specifically on Facebook because I would run into past cars. Yeah, guests. And back home yesterday, all of a sudden I've been getting emails from people all over the place going, Hey, can I be a guest on your show? Or I saw that you <laughs> saw this person. And yeah, it's so fast. It's so cool. I mean, it's moving at lightning speed. So sometimes it's a little scary, but uh, most of the time it's pretty darn cool. Very cool. Yeah, plus the fact that while you're on set in studio or anywhere, you can go in and make some corrections to those images now and fix things that before used to take forever to do. Absolutely. Take chip, yep. rock chips out of cars, oh, yeah. change reflections. Yep. I mean, all this stuff is just... Ah, oh, it's all magical. So very, yeah. very nice, but requires a lot of, a lot of work. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, again, let's go back in time and talk about your first very special car and maybe a memory you have with that vehicle. Okay. Um, for special car, it was actually a truck. It was, uh, I guess you call it a truck. It was a Bronco two, not one of Ford's, not Ford's proudest moment, but. Well, uh, that's okay. It was my first vehicle. So, right. uh, you know, I was working so much with uh, on the road with this photographer that I had a lot of extra cash built up, and I, you know, immediately took it right down to the stereo shop and put in the biggest, best stereo I could at, at a very high-end stereo shop. You know, so uh, new bumpers, tires, wheels, the whole bit. It was just uh, kind of ridiculous what I put into it, but I, you know, we've probably all done that. You've probably even done that too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, my first car was a '67 Chevy Nova, and it was a little old lady car. It wasn't the cool Chevy Nova? It was, it was like the little engine. I really didn't do much to that car. But my second car, about a year later, was a '67 Carmen Ghia. Now that car, I did a lot of stuff too. Completely <laughs> restored it, beefed up the engine, put a big stereo system like you. Yeah, all the silly money we spend in our youth that <laughs> pretty much goes wasted, but we can't keep our hands off these cars. So cool. Well, Broncos are pretty cool, and now you know the the first gen Broncos are kind of making a comeback in the uh, the world of people who want to restore old cars and have fun with old cars. So yeah, very cool. I hear a rumor there's a new uh, new one on the way, too, so I have yeah. to stay tuned on that one. <laughs> I know, I know. It's kind of like the uh, new VW uh, bus that I saw when I was in Monterey. You know, they yep. say they're going to finally produce that thing, which uh, I'll be surprised if they do because they've been teasing us forever. But, yeah, pretty cool when they bring back this stuff that you and I remember as kids. And uh, yep. now we can have the retro versions. <laughs> and in the case of the bus, it'll be electric. So that's something really new and different. Yes. So. Yeah, very fun. Well, how about a car that you bought and you let go that you wish you had back? Do you have a seller's remorse story for us? Well, I have a story. It's not uh, so much remorse. It's like I'm going to call it a tribute uh, tribute story. Okay, I like it. Uh, I had a full-size Bronco in college and uh, the big, giant, you know, the tough, huge one that I felt invincible in. And uh, driving home from college uh, in the rain with uh, my girlfriend and my buddy in the car and Guy cut me off in the rain, and we went sideways and went over two and a half times with a twist. It just tore the roof off the thing. Every window was shattered. Oh, no. And you know, we were lucky to survive. We, we ended up facing the way we came in, from, uh, sitting on the freeway. And so I guess uh, just surviving that accident, and that vehicle gave its life for us. That's kind of my tribute. That, uh, you know, we had a roll bar in it, but... Uh, you know, we all survived, so that vehicle's gone, but we're we're still around. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad, of <laughs> course, you are. But, yeah, having a roll bar in there, I'm sure, helped tremendously because, Absolutely. yeah, rollover protection in those kind of vehicles. Uh, what year was that car? Oh, boy, it must have been like an 83, 84. 
You are fortunate for sure. Ah, well, I like the way you put that. The car gave its life to save yours, as it should be with automobiles. So literally did, yes. Oh my gosh. Ah, scary times. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on these days that has you really excited and fired up? And tell us a little more about this book project you got involved with as well. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, there's some things I'm doing, but I can't really talk about it right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Shooting future products. Uh, nice. That's just kind of the nature of the beast with that. So tell us a little bit about the Detroit Auto Show and your involvement in that event, and when does it take place? Uh, Mark, uh, it's in January every year. This year, it's actually a week later. It starts, uh, the press days start January 15th. So we've got press days the 15th and 16th, industry preview 17, 18, and then the big charity preview on the Friday, the 19th. My involvement, uh, I coordinate uh, two other photographers and myself. We, we cover everything that happens at the show. Wow. The press days are the big ones, you know, all the reveals, Monday, Tuesday. I have two guys working on that. And uh, and I have one other guy, that uh, photographer, that just follows the chairman around. And, you know, chairman's always rubbing elbows with somebody. So the, sure. there's plenty of opportunities to get great photos there. And then it just moves into the rest of the week where there's, uh, you know, the industry events and then the charity preview. Right. Yeah, it's a big show. And then tell tell us about this book project. John contacted me because I had photographed the Goldenrod as it sat at the Henry Ford Museum. Uh, Hot Rod got amazing access. We went in at, uh, I don't know, it was like seven, eight o'clock at night when everybody was leaving. Mm -hmm. They locked the doors and we just uh, started taking pictures. And they had a person there that you know took the whole car apart for us. We got pictures of the engine and everything and wow. worked all, all night. And then... Uh, you know, about six in the morning, they uh, put it back together and we left, but uh, got some great, great photos of the vehicle. And John, uh, you know, wanted to use them in the book because I don't think a lot of other people or not a lot of other people had that access to the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that car. That was the, the Goldenrod set the first 400 mile per hour international speed record at the Bonneville Salt Flats. And it actually held that distinction for 45 years. And then it... Uh, I think it sort of went into disarray, and John John restored that vehicle. So you got to spend the night with this wonderful streamliner car, which is an amazing – I mean, this thing is super long. It, it's huge. I, when you think about shooting it, how on earth do you shoot that thing? Because it's, it's like a, a big, long cigar, right? But real long. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the profile shot, we were, you know, we were back – I don't know, probably 70, 80 yards just trying to get the full length of the car in, which ended up looking like a, you know, a, a sentence in a, in a, on a blank page because right. it's so long and thin. But, right. uh, you know, you come around to the front and you can compress it a little bit and, and make it look a little better. But uh, four engines in it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think if, if I remember right, and, and thinking back to that car, it was, uh, I think it held a land speed record from the mid 60s. And, um, it's got four Chrysler Hemi engines in it, if I'm right. not wrong. And, uh, I think it's around 23, 2400 horsepower. I mean, the thing is absolutely spectacular. And this book that, that you're involved with, you did all the photography, right? No, uh, not all the photography. John, uh, had quite a bit of the photography because he did a lot of the restoration. Oh, okay, okay. So he contacted me for some shots that he didn't really have access to. And uh, and more like this, we kind of made a studio there at the Henry Ford Museum. So he didn't really have the kind of the polished, more studio type shots that we ended up getting. Okay, okay, I understand. And then when will the book be available for our listeners to grab a copy? 
That I don't know. On John's site here, it says uh, summer of uh, 2017, so it's just kind of a stay tuned kind of thing. We're in the middle of it. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach out to that uh, publisher of that book, see if we can't maybe even do a little book giveaway. Maybe we can get John on the show as well. That'd be kind of cool. You can make an introduction if you would, and uh, we can get him to talk about it, and we can give one of those books away. I give lots of books away. In fact, this week, I've given (laughs) away two books from past guests from last week. So Awesome. My listeners know that if you subscribe on the Carja website, your name will be in the hat, and you can get a cool book. So I'll see what I can do about that if you can hook me up with John. But sounds like an interesting project and a very unique unique way to spend an evening with a very special automobile. So. Absolutely. It was uh, very memorable. Ah, no doubt. No doubt. Especially if, if they took the car apart and you could look at the insides and all those Hemi engines lined up inside there. So can't imagine what it's like to get in one of those things and go firing down the Bonneville salt flats. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, you could only see the window, windshield was about six inches. So your, your sight of vision was very limited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Crazy. Well, Here's a very introspective question for you, David. If David was a car or a vehicle, what would you be and why? Um, I would have to be a truck. I think I'd be a Ford Raptor just because <laughs> I'm a, a big stocky kind of guy and I have a motor that runs kind of all the time until uh-huh. I just cra- crash at night. So, uh, you know, always up for a challenge at full speed. And that kind of is kind of what a Raptor is, I think, uh, I'm definitely not a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. <laughs> no, nor am I. Nor am I. I wish I could look that good, but uh, those days have long passed, I think. Well, I like that. A Ford Raptor staying loyal to the Ford Motor Company as it goes back with your family heritage. And uh, Absolutely. the uh, definite uh, power of a Ford truck just keeps on going. So fantastic. Well, David, up next is the last lap. But okay. before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. 
Okay, David, we are back, and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Wear your seatbelt. <laughs> yes. Oh, after that accident story, I tell you, yeah, I can't, I don't understand anybody who does not wear a seatbelt these days. I mean, it's just crazy. I, I can't even back out of my garage to wash my car without putting my seatbelt on. It's just so automatic. Yep. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contributed to your successes over the years? A combination of patience and stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> tenacity, tenacity, tenacity. Yeah, sure. it's, uh, to be a photographer, you just kind of have to keep uh, keep going, you know. You know, I mentioned uh, yesterday's show and again today, coming back from Car Week, there's so many people down there and I take a lot of photographs. And I was standing next to a lady and she was getting a little perturbed because people kept stepping <laughs> in front of this car. She was an old uh, Asada Fraschini she was trying to shoot. And I could tell she was getting frustrated. And I, I said, shooting pictures here is a lesson in patience, isn't it? And she goes, yes, why do these people just keep getting in my way? <laughs> I'm thinking, well, you're not the only one here, ma'am, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> you just got to shoot when you can. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, sure. It's a, it's a website that I've been playing around with. It's, uh, it's called Upwork. It's for freelance people. Um, it's not just creative. It's, uh, it's, it's a site that, uh, you know, once you sign on, you can go out and get freelance work, you know, one, two jobs. Sometimes it turns into more of a career type situation, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I started by just doing like, uh, you know, a couple of little tabletop jobs for one person, then they go away, then you find someone else and you never know what it can turn into. So, wow. And it's not just, you know, the creative industry, they have, uh, you know, sales and marketing, they have legal. So it's, you know, just people that are looking to make some money and and get some exposure. That's very interesting. Right. I, I've not had any past guests, and I'm kind of surprised now, but I'm going to go check that out. <laughs> Sounds like a really interesting site and very helpful resource for people in the in indie industry that uh, are in business for themselves. Very nice. Well, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive <laughs> industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Oh, I think you know what's coming. It would be Henry Ford. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. What would you? What's the first question you'd ask Henry Ford if you were sitting down with him? <laughs> uh, you think this is really going to work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could uh, see what's going on now, Mr. Ford, uh, what you started is pretty spectacular. You know, I think Henry Ford now, as I started asking that question only this year, is the most frequently mentioned person for really? that question. Yeah, okay. Kel Shelby's number two, I believe okay. now, but Henry Ford's mm -hmm. number one. And Wow. You know, when you think about Henry Ford and what he had to come up with to just start producing cars, and I mentioned this before, there wasn't even electricity. He had to build his own power plant so he could power his factories. I mean, think about that. Just all the logistics of all the components and everything he had to invent and come up with. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And the fact the car company's still here today is a testament to so many people over time that it's uh, undescribable. Well, we talked about a book, the book you're involved with, which is going to be coming out soon. And I'll make sure I let our listeners know when that's going to be once we determine that. Okay. But is there another book that you'd like to uh, share with our listeners today? Um, you know, I did a lot of looking around on your site uh, where other people answered. And uh -huh. then it's, uh, it's a book I'm reading right now. It's... Uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain. Ah, Gar Stein's book, yeah. Yeah. The most frequently recommended book <laughs> here on cars, yeah. And I'm so happy to say I had Garth on the show. Oh, wow. Earlier this year. I chased and chased him forever. I finally found him at a book signing event. 
asked him in person. <laughs> he agreed and I had him here. But uh, yeah, that's a great book. I hope they make a movie out of that. And I hope the movie's good because I think the whole concept of a dog's vision and hiding with racing and driving and all the storylines and everything would make for a great movie. But The Art of Racing in the Rain. Well, and you mentioned going to the Cars Day website and seeing all the books there. I'll remind our listeners that all these great resources David has shared with us today will be on his show notes page on the Cars Day website. And there's a great place there called References. If you click on that, you'll see Guest Recommended Books, where David's book and all these past good books are listed on my website with quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a wonderful resource if you want to know what these inspiring automotive enthusiasts I have on my show are reading. So check it out on the Cars yeah website. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, David, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. Not a daily driver. This has to be something fun that you would enjoy, and money's no object. So take that out of the concept because you can't sell this thing and buy a bunch of other toys with it. You got to keep it, okay? So it's got to have some <laughs> meaning for you. What would that vehicle be and why? Well, uh, it, it definitely going to be the Ford GT. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, are we talking about the <laughs> new generation, the last generation? Which one? Oh, it's the brand new one. The which, brand uh, new one. fits all your requirements because uh, you can't sell it even if you get one, and uh, they're hard to come by, and it's already a collectible. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I don't even know if I should bother asking this question, but I'm <laughs> going to. What is it about the new Ford GT that you love so much? Uh, just, you know, so many, from a photographer's uh, aspect, just so many beautiful angles on that car. I mean, every time I look at it, I see something different and unique and so many ways to photograph it and make it look good. It just, uh, it's an absolutely beautiful car. It's a sculpture. It really is yeah, a rolling sculpture. It really is. Yeah. And the first version that came out, I thought was spectacular as a yep. tribute to the GT40. In fact, uh, Camilo Pardo, the key designer on that first one, was a guest on my show. And I ran into him at the Quail event last week, and I actually gave him a ride from the Quail over to Cannery Road, and I got to spend some time sitting next to him and ask him about his days at Ford. One of the funny things he said was we pulled up behind a Mustang, and he said, do you know how many times I drew that Mustang horse? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was funny, but he was very happy with the new car. He gave it a lot of accolades, and I got to see one at Laguna Seca last weekend when I was there for the historic races. And it was parked, of course, next to the Lamar winning Ford GT. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool scene. Nice. The race car still had all the dirt and bugs and dust on it from the race. And uh, and then see that b- brand new, beautiful, they had a red one sitting there that was, oh, yes, that car is spectacular. Yeah, I would like to uh, drive that car someday. I just got to find somebody who owns one. So, Well, I, I, I've not had that good fortune to drive the new one. I got to drive the, the first redesign in 2005. That was Definitely a, a, a treat, but uh, not driven the new new one yet, but hopefully will soon. Have you had a chance to photograph the new one yet? Yes, I have uh, photographed it several times. Oh, cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, it is a work of art. That's going to be a hard one for me to get for you because that's a very hard <laughs> car to buy. You know, the way Ford allowed people to be on the list to buy was very, very particular. And I know, right. I know people that had bought the first one who were not given the privilege of buying it because they didn't drive that first car enough, you know, as a garage queen. And so, and they only made so many and the whole world wanted one. So this is going to be a challenge. So you may have to wait a little bit until I can figure out how to park one. What color would you like yours to be? Whatever you can give me. I'll be very patient. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you taking the pressure off there. Oh, gosh. Well, David, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me. 
and the Car Show listeners, could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Ford GT? Um, just be honest, be fair, give an honest day's work. Good things happen to good people. You know, that's true. And they always say the good guy finished last. I don't believe that. I think uh, if you work real hard and you're honest and straightforward, especially these days, because word gets around if you're not a good person. (laughs) People don't want to work with you. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing? My website is freersphotography.com. My email is david at freersphotography.com. And I'm on Facebook as Freer's Photography, LLC. There you go. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything David shared again on his show notes page here at the Cars Yeah website. David's last name is F-R-E-E-R-S, Freer's. So that'll help you find that. But you can just go to his uh, page on the Cars Yeah website and click on all of all these links there for you. Check out his his website because the photography there is stunning. The website's beautiful. You've done a really, really fantastic job. I Spent a lot of time there cruising around looking at all your pictures. Uh, They're really, really just gorgeous, just gorgeous. David, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Car Show listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.